0: How many are enjoying Sukkot? Good, good, good. How many looking forward to the holiday, the corporate festivities for today? Great. Well, the title of the message this morning is, "What is Sukkot to a believer in Yeshua?" What is Sukkot? to a believer in Yeshua. Today, this Shabbat is towards the end of Sukkot. So today I'll talk about this last feast in Vayikra, Leviticus 23. Vayikra, Leviticus 23, verses 33 through 43,
1: says the following. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel saying, the fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days, you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is the sacred assembly and you shall do no customary work on it. These are the feasts of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything on its day, besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, besides your gifts and besides all your vows and besides all your freewill offerings which you give to the Lord. Also on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit, of the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day there shall be a Sabbath rest, and on the eighth day a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of the beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, and boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in the booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God.
0: Now we also read in Davarim chapter 16, Deuteronomy chapter 16,
1: verses 16 through 17, the following. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in a place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he, he has given you. Now this feast here, Feast
0: of Tabernacles is one of the feasts specifically referencing an offering to be made for those who are able. If you make this offering if you make this offering out, just mark your, your offering envelope that it is a uh, special offering for Sukkot. Now this morning I'll talk about aspects of Sukkot for believers. This feast is also called the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles. We observe this feast because it is the last feast of the seven feasts spoken of in Vayikra Leviticus. This feast is an eight-day feast of rejoicing through various types of festivities, mainly around the sukkah, the sukkah that may be in your dwelling, at your home, or at the corporate sukkah that we have here, which we'll be using today. A, tr- a tradition is to participate by carrying the lulav branches, as you observed this morning, and the etrog in a procession through the synagogue in which we wave the branches in four directions. And the waving is, was done in the past to welcome visiting dignitaries. Speaking of dignitaries, there's a high probability that Yeshua was born at this time, during this season, of which we observe, and not during the traditional Christian season, that was established in Catholicism and accepted by our Christian brothers and sisters, as the day of Jesus's birth, we don't have. Um, An amount of time today to talk about specifics about this being Yeshua's birth but I've I've taught in the past about support in scriptures that Yeshua's birth was at Sukkot just to give you a couple verses look at Luke chapter 2 verses 7 and 10 and 11 which says this
1: and she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn and the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord.
0: Now this festival of booths, or a festival of tabernacles, is referred to as a sieve, season of great, a season of abundant joy. Now in rabbinic teachings, guests, or ushpazin. Uh, and that's the Aramaic, for guests, are invited as spirits to dwell within the sukkah and these seven spirits are seven faithful shepherds that were selected who take turns as guests of honor on seven days of this feast. They are Abraham, they are Isaac, they are Jacob, they are Joseph, they are Moshe, Aharon, and Magandavid, King David. Now, it is rabbinic Judaism where we find the teaching of this concept. So I ask you this morning, do you have any problems with this idea of inviting spirits to dwell with you in your sukkah? Anyone have a problem with that? You all comfortable with that? No? You don't know? Anyone here? now there's nothing wrong with a memorial there's nothing wrong with a memorial but bringing their spirits back from the dead is so what is the danger if you don't seek god then you'll seek others to get spiritual answers davarim 18 9 through 13 says this
1: When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God.
0: Now let's look at uh, VaYikra, Leviticus 17, or I'm sorry, 19, verse 31, and then Leviticus 20, uh, verse 6, which says this:
1: Give no regard to mediums or and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people.
0: So that's what the the, uh, instruction is in the Torah, let's see an example Um, 1 Samuel chapter 28 verses 3 through 8 and verse 11 says this
1: Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city, and Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Paul gathered all Israel together and they encamped at Gilboa when Saul saw the army of the Philistines he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly and when Saul inquired of the Lord the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets then Saul said to his servants find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her and his servants said to him in fact there is a woman who is a medium at Endor." so Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes and he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night and he said, Please conduct a seance for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. So now, isn't this interesting? That is the, the time
0: of the season that is also the Halloween season. The biggest holiday behind Christmas. Remember, if you don't seek after God, then you will seek others to worship and that's why idolatry is so hated by God Halloween is a festival full of idolatry we don't believe in it we don't celebrate it we don't observe it many congregations and denominations do but we stay as far away from it as possible because that's part of the nations part of the goyims and and has so much um, idol worship around it uh, that we do not want to be tainted or, or uh, subjected to that. I would encourage you with your children to keep them away from that also because that's the way we teach and that's the way we believe. Now during the second temple period two events highlighted the celebration of Sukkot that Yeshua would have participated in. And the reason we participate in Sukkot is why because Yeshua participated in Sukkot. So we as believers do participate. Now, out of these two events, the first event involved water. In Old Testament times, water was drawn from a nearby source and brought to the temple, and it was poured out by the altar. We see this supported in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, which says this.
1: Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of of salvation. Now, we know that
0: this verse, that Yeshua also addressed this when he spoke and discussed this as we read in the book of John chapter 7 verse 37 through 9 discussing the following
1: on the last day that great day of the feast jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the holy spirit was not yet given because jesus was not yet glorified this is the great hosanna the hosanna rabbah isaiah eleven nine says this they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the, cover the sea.
0: This is an indication of why many in those days got drenched with water to, to actually experience or live out the word of God in these scriptures. Now, we believe the millennial kingdom will start with the fulfillment of the Feast of Sukkot. That is why he may have said this. Luke 13. 34 says this
1: O Jerusalem Jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to her how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings but you were not willing now let me, let me share a comparison
0: with you you know what is interesting about these words that are spoken in Luke 13 turn back to sheet, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 which says
1: this the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now we know that
0: Yeshua was there because of Bereshit chapter one, verse one, which says this.
1: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth.
0: Now the word God in the English, in the Hebrew it's Elohim, and Elohim is the plurality of God. In rabbinic Judaism, it's, it's taught that God is speaking with angels But angels are created beings, and they're ministering uh, beings. Uh, They aren't part of the plurality of God. This plurality, God, consists of the Father, uh, the Son, which is Yeshua, and the Ruach HaKodesh. All of those are together as one, uh, echad, as one, as we say. Now, the book of John 1, 1 through 5, verse 14, says this.
1: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So think about this.
0: In the beginning, Reshit, Yeshua brought order to the physical world. In the beginning. Just as he will again bring order to the end of days. Luke 13 35 says this
1: See, your house is left you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
0: So look at this. We're, we will be coming up on on uh, Simcha Torah. It's a time in which we roll back the, uh, the Torah uh, back to the beginning from the end. Um, you know they say that history doesn't repeat itself. You know you can't go and repeat itself. Um, but we we roll it back to start over again with Bereshit. And so we see here this beginning and the end. We don't know, after we read through Revelation, we don't know what's going to happen after um, these end times occur. We don't know what kind of guidance or instruction God's going to give it. The word is silent as to the times after that. We're living in this this biblical time that started out in one one and will end uh, when Yeshua returns and God ends this, period uh, to start the new millennial reign where we will receive I believe new instruction and new guidance on how we will live our lives and our spiritual lives and life everlasting so we see these seven feasts uh, some of which are fulfilled the first four the last three are yet to be fulfilled and we are right now uh, treating them as a rehearsal versus a memorial as we had in the first four. The second event that was important. So water was important for the first for this feast in the second temple period and will be in the days to come. Revelation twenty two, one through five says this
1: and he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits each tree yielding its fruit every month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him and they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads There shall be no night there. there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. God will give the
0: light. The second event on Sukkot is fire. Hayesh. It was represented by the torchlight parade, which brilliantly illuminated the temple at night. In the temple period times. This event stood out as possibly. Reflecting one of the verses. That is read in the Hallel. And let's read. Tehillim. 118 verse 27. And Tehillim. 18 verse
1: 28. Which says this. God is the Lord. And he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords. To the horns of the altar. For you will light my lamp the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Now Yeshua
0: also addressed this in the book of John chapter 8 verse 12 which says this.
1: Then Jesus spoke to them again saying I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. So we
0: read these words but can you imagine what was like when Yeshua was on this earth and they were experiencing these festivals and he actually called out these words in comparison to tie it to what they were all observing. You imagine how that etched it into their minds as to what he was referring to, especially after he died, was buried, and was resurrected. The Feast of Sukkot is a rehearsal today, but this feast will be celebrated in the millennial of the Messianic Kingdom the thousand-year reign. Zechariah fourteen sixteen through 19 says this
1: And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King the Lord of Hosts and keep the Feast of the Tabernacles And it shall be that whichsoever the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of Hosts On them there will be no rain the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague which the Lord will strike the nations who do not come up to the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations which do not come up to the Feast of the Tabernacles." Now this book also demonstrates that this Feast
0: has not been done away with, as many have alleged. Now Peter, however, thought that the time had come in his day though. Matthew 17, 1 through nine says this, and also there, it's also referenced in the book of Mark, chapter nine, verses two through five.
1: Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain to, by themselves, and he was transfigured before, before, before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was yet speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid but Jesus came and touched them and said arise and do not be afraid when they had lifted up their eyes they saw no one but Jesus only now as they came down from the mountain Jesus Jesus commanded them saying tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead so this
0: feast of Sukkot
1: is a special corporate
0: time but it is also important for us to individually as believers it is an important feast individually for you see we are in the wilderness as long as we are in these earthly bodies our bodies are our tabernacles on earth like a sukkah a temporary dwelling second Peter
1: 1 13 through 14 says this yes I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by remem- reminding you knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me and now while we are in these temporary
0: dwellings we need to be stirred up in remembrance remembering what first Corinthians 316 says this
1: do you not know that you ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you if anyone defiles the temple of God God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So this morning, I shared
0: about the Feast of Sukkot and why we celebrate this feast as believers in Yeshua. It is a rehearsal versus a memorial, so let's continue to celebrate the feast this day with a joyful heart for all that God has done for us and wish Yeshua a very Happy birthday. In addition, thank him for what he did, what he does, and what he is going to do. Amen our duty to praise the master of all, to ascribe greatness to the author of creation. For he's made us unlike the nations of the land and has not placed us like the families of the earth. He's not made our portion like theirs and our lot like their multitudes. And we bend the knee and bow and acknowledge our thanks before the king over kings, the holy one, blessed be he. He stretches out heaven and establishes earth's foundation. And the seat of his glory is in the heavens above and the presence of his power is in the most exalted heights. He is our God, there is none other. True is our king, there is nothing beside him, as it is written in his Torah, and you shall know this day and take to your heart that the Lord is God, he is God, in the heavens above and on the earth below, there is none other. Amen. Let us stand together.